apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope. I guess the ropes is always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counterpoint. Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Ooh. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs, the combat sports podcast. Back again on a Friday night. Uh, maybe maybe one day we'll get back to Saturday at ten. But uh, for right every now, Saturday at ten. Every Saturday. Well, I mean, we still are going every Saturday at ten. If if you're missing us live, you can catch the rerun every Saturday at ten. But uh, all right, let's dive in. We had some decent fights this past weekend. We got another big one. Uh, all just building up to a big big week of fights next week. But let's dive in. Starting off, Jamal Hill finishes Thiago Santos in the fir- fourth round. I believe it, it, the last Jamal Hill fight against Johnny Walker, this is what we predicted with him fighting Santos next. And that was the, the fight he needed to get to that championship. Uh, it was a good fight. Uh, Hill dominated for the most part. But uh, do, is he deserving of Prohaska after this show? Is that the fight to make next? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it might be. This was a good win for Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill uh, hits hard. Uh, he, you know, I, I like him. He really thinks of himself as something special, and I appreciate that. 
I don't think I see. I don't see special in there. I see a guy who hits really hard. Uh, I see a guy who um, is in great shape, but I, I don't know that he's. He seems to think he's doing something that other people aren't doing, and if it's winning, other people are doing that, Jared. So I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about. He looks like a contender, no doubt, but nothing to write home about. Yeah, yeah, I got to agree with that. Wasn't in the top 10 before this, not ready for a title shot. And I think we saw that. Took you four rounds to get rid of a gatekeeper. Somebody ready for a title shot's getting rid of in a round and a half. Yeah, he dominated. Pretty shot, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm done with him. Yeah, but I mean... He, if, as, that's the thing with this division. It's ever since John Jones left, it's it's the dinosaurs. Oh. I mean, he's, exactly. Uh, Chandler Jones's brother. That, that's how I'm going to refer to him here. On <laughs> Chandler Jones's brother. Chandler, I know. But uh, yeah. So I mean, what else is there? Do you, do you really want a rematch with Prohaska and Glover? I, I think the the block the Blahovich fight. I think that's still something that we need to see, but. Otherwise, there isn't that much to really write home about at the top of this division. Besides the, these two young up and comers, the the young lions killing one one off to see who can take the crown. You know, I really yeah. like Prohaska to hold it down here for a long time. I think the closeness of that fight with Teixeira was evidence of how good Teixeira is. And those are yeah. the two guys at the top of the game. That that was the fight we needed to see, and now we have a champion. And he wins three, four in a row. I don't care if one of them is against Hill. Let's do it. All right. If I'm pro Hoska, I think I would love to fight Hill next. Oh, yeah. Amp this guy right up. Yeah. He's awesome. He's a, a top contender, and then go out there and oh, yeah. beat him down. Because I do think, he kept again, listen. I like Jamal Hill. I liked him going into this fight. I like him leaving this fight. I still think Prohaska's head and shoulders above him right now. Oh, above everybody except for maybe Teixeira, and yeah. he won that fight. I'll tell you, too, listen, I think if Teixeira's not like 55 years old, it'd be a much different story. What is he actually, Jace? Is he 42, 43? What yeah. is he now? Yeah, 40, yeah, I mean, 40, him at 35... Right. I, I think we it'd be a completely different story right now. Who the well, who the king of this fair, is? Peace issues. To be fair, to harken back to our who you got last week, uh, a la Bernard Hopkins, um, Teixeira has made some adjustments that have made him better as he's aged in ways that you just don't see a lot. Right. I so I and what I mean to suggest is, if he could have done that, and be in his prime. Age-wise, forty-two. That would be well, a scary Glover Teixeira. Unfortunately, he didn't figure things out until he was forty. Well, and not so, no, it wasn't he? Didn't finish. He had visa issues for the longest time. That's why. Oh, he cut the fight. crap no, with that. That's that's why. No, he debuted it. at thirty-two. Yeah. yeah, listen, some guys take a long time to get to the big show. That happens. Well, to be fair, the UFC wasn't huge before that. Yeah, fair. So he came up with the game. I like the guy. It's time to move on. And Brohashka is everything we want in a light heavyweight champion. 
Yeah. I, I will say, if they do make the Jamal Hill Prohaska fight, I think that's a fight that two guys are going to stand in the middle and bang it out. And I think that's going to be a, a a big eye opener for a lot of casuals. And I think the winner right now looks like Prohaska. I think that's going to be the real eye opening fight because we, as hardcores, we respect uh, Blahovich. We respect Glover Teixeira, but when when the casuals are watching these old guys up there, they don't want to see that. They want to see the young up and comers doing some crazy spinning elbows and that stuff. And both I will say this: it, these two hanging in the pocket together. If you get that Pro Hoska Hill fight, I mean, Hill's a scary dude. Uh, you know, thunder in both hands. That's a guy that could like. You got to be real careful fighting him. And and going off of how sloppy Pro Hoska was in in the championship fight with Teixeira. I'd be a little nervous about that. He also gets tagged a lot. And it's one thing to get tagged by a Glover Teixeira. It's another thing to get hit by the the, the steel fists of Jamal Hill. That's so fair. it'll be, I'll say, again, I think skill-wise and fighting-wise, I think Pro Hoska's got an edge. But this dude does have the ability to knock you out quick-like. So be a good one. It's, it's the most athletic guy versus the most dynamic guy, I think. Yeah, I like that's a good way to explain it. Yeah. And I, I think if they do, I, I want to see the Prohaska Blahovich fight first. But I think if Hill can continue on this trajectory, I think that will be a fun fight. This is this has the feeling to me like uh, Adesanya versus Paulo Costa when they were both coming up. Now, Will a Jamal Hill or something turn into a Paulo Costa? I don't know. Maybe. Let's hope not. Hopefully this will turn into a Adesanya Whitaker type situation. One and two. Because that would be fun too. Trilogy. Both these guys are young enough. Let's make it happen. Let's see something fun. What? All right. Who's that? Joe? Well, they haven't fought once. You already got a trilogy line. No, up. I'm saying that there's potential here. They're both young in in a division of dinosaurs. You can make something out of this. <laughs> you're, you're right. Hill would have I, to win. Hill's got to win that. the first fight, even if he's competitive. How do you? How? What does the fight look like that Hill loses? That you argue for a rematch? That you're not arguing for a rematch with Teixeira right now? Uh, good point. Yeah, I mean, Holloway you know, was Holloway, the champ. Holloway Volkanovski lost a razor close fight to Prohaska. If Hill loses, he doesn't get a rematch. He can't. It doesn't make sense. Otherwise, you got to argue for the Teixeira rematch now. If you're yeah. giving it to Hill, oh, he loses. He goes back to back of the line, son. All right, but what? What? All right. So say, so. I, the way things are looking out right now, they've, they've all, we're already working on the Prohaska Glover to share a rematch. They were before this fight. That's scheduled for around this. That's looking to be like around December. So if that fight gets made, Hill versus Blahovich has to be the fight, right? A real Diago Santos is a gatekeeper, but he's like a gatekeeper to the top five. Blahovich at this point, he's a gatekeeper to the championship, right? Is that the fight to make out if you can't get the the title fight? I want Ankalev to fight. Um, hell, 
I'll put the young guys in there against each other. I like that. Yeah. They're totally different styles make fights too. And it's a, it's a contrast. And I don't think Hill has any more right to talk about a Prohoshka fight than Angelo. I mean, yeah. to- all right. I like that. Ankle um, beat number five, Smith, beat number eight, Ozdemir, and number nine, Santos. So the third best guy he beat is Hill's best guy on his resume. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll argue for Ankolev. If you if you don't get the rematch with Teixeira, I want Ankolev. Otherwise, Hill should fight Ankolev. And I hate saying I'm over Blahovich. He's a great fighter, but, ah, man, he's that third guy. You know, okay. that's, that's more the gatekeeper than Santos because most of these guys will be Ostermeyer beat Santos. Most of these guys will beat Santos. Yeah. Uh, I will say I like I I, I keep talking about the dinosaurs. I I want to see I I'd like to see these dinosaurs get killed off. I want to see Jamal Hill beat beat Blahovich or Enkalev beat Blahovich. I want to see them get out of there before. Like I want to see these young guys fight for a belt. Have something a lot more meaningful on the line, build up some suspense a little bit more, and hopefully sell. What the about fight. an interim championship belt? Oh, that oh. sounds exciting! Yeah, <laughs> maybe with that Chandler Jones fellow you were talking about. <laughs> Jahan, uh, by the way, Jahan Jonas, another- Jahan Jonas. <laughs> yeah, Tony brings up another good point uh, uh, about recently deposed champions not getting an immediate rematch. Uh, definitely talking about Stipe still. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's worth bringing up. Yeah, well, I okay. Yeah, I mean, Stipe, but as far as, like, I, I love Glover Teixeira. I was one that picked him against Blahovich. Let's not forget that. But I, I will say with... Glover, he, he he didn't even defend it once. So I can see them moving on pretty quickly. Well, also, he lost the fight in like the last 25 seconds. Yeah. If I'm the champion, I'm like, oh, give me another one of that. Yeah. I'm going to get another crack at this. Holy smokes. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. This is the most interesting light heavyweight has been in a while, really. Since, since. Very fan friendly. The super fight, maybe with Adesanya coming up. This has been the most. It's interesting. It's been. So I, I like to see it. Or, or since that Chandler Jones guy left, Chandler Jones' brother. Uh, but all right. But going from uh-huh. all right. Now let's step from the octagon to the boxing ring. Jared, your boy, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Stops Michael McKinson in the ninth round. Jared, give you the floor to talk about the man you've been talking about since this podcast started. Um, Guy I've been saying to keep an eye on. Now he beats another undefeated guy. All his fights he won by knockout. This guy's a phenom, a buzzsaw, walks through everybody. And I said this guy's left-handed, smaller, not much of a puncher. What do you have, two knockouts out of 20, Joe? We were trying to do some math on that. It wasn't very good. Two out of 22. Um, So he couldn't punch. And I said, the the longer he, he, the sooner he goes into survival mode, the longer he'll last. 
If he comes out like Joe Smith Jr., he's going to get stopped in the first or second round like Joe Smith Jr. But if he comes out and tries just to survive, just to, and this guy was jump slapping and running away. Like he did not want anything to do. And Ortiz tracked down a quick, tricky guy who wins all his fights by decision, right? Tracked him down and stopped him. This is what this is what a lot of people aren't doing. The footwork, um, cutting the ring off, and just hard punches. Just going after the guy and trying to get the stoppage. He looks like he's trying to hurt somebody. This, this is this is. <laughs> I want to see him fight Bud Crawford. I want to see him fight Errol Spence. I want to see this guy fight the best because he he's up there. He's that. If you're if you're still not seeing what I'm seeing, you're not watching. <laughs> Did you see the fight? This kid's a buzzsaw. That was a good fighter he beat. That guy will beat most of those other cats in the division whose names aren't on your pound for pound lists. This was a good fighter he beat. And blew him out. It was never close. Won every round. Stalked him, tracked him down, brought him into the deep waters and drowned him. Put some water in the basement. Huh? Yeah. Lights out. This kid is everything we want. As a boxing fan, as a boxing purist, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and he loves doing it. Yeah. But, Man. Joe, I, I know both you and I are bud guys. How does Virgil Ortiz, like, I, to me, he's getting close to that number two. I think he's very, very close for Hoff and Spence, Cormie. I, I need to see Spence in the ring one more time to, to really make a definitive. Where, where is he? Is you feeling the same way? Listen, uh, I'll tell you what, Virgil, Virgil Ortiz Jr., mind you, this is the longest layoff of his career. Uh, he was coming off an injury too, new trainer. So he had a lot going on here. Fought a really good fight. I like that this thing went into the ninth round. I like that he dropped him in the eighth with a body shot. Uh, you know, again, I think so many of these guys, the tanks and, and those guys, they love throwing those, you know, they look like Michael Jordan Duncan, three steps, you know, to throw the uppercut. This, this kid knows how to fight. He's sharp. He's tight. Uh, he's very powerful. And again, to see, to see him, uh, and if I like just drop a guy with a body shot again, tells me that this guy understands really how to fight. He's very exciting. Got a great future ahead of him. I, I still, I'll still take Bud Crawford. Uh, but this kid's certainly going to get his shot against Bud Crawford. I, I I'm saying, probably, I know you take Crawford over Spence too. So I'm putting you on the spot or teaser Spence. I'll take Ortiz over. Okay. First of all, I don't. I'm not a Spence guy in any way, shape, or form. So, uh yeah, there you go. He definitely beats. Uh, yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I, and uh, Thurman is Thurman is number is number uh the 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 four with Virgil Ortiz Jr. at welterweight. Keith Thurman, Udonis Iguis, uh Spence, and Bud Crawford. Their ages: 33, 36, 32, 34. Ortiz Jr.'s 24 oh, years Oh, I'll say old, this too, Jerry. Bud younger not than the average of that top five. Bud is not getting better than he is right now. Right? Bud Crawford is the Bud Crawford you're going to see till he hangs him up. 
this kid's getting better. Uh, he's already excellent. He's already a great boxer. What does boxer. he look like at 28? Oh, 29 I'm years you. old. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. 10 when, years from now. What does he when, look like a full decade from now when he's Bud Crawford's age? Yeah. Woo, this the question is, is, does he fight Bud now or does he fight Bud then? I want to see it right now. He's ready. I don't think he's ready. He's ready. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He's ready. I'm telling you, I'm thinking sometime late next year, get another good one. Get another. Listen, here's the thing about McKinson. And, and I, and I said this, this kid's tough. He's going to give Ortiz a fight because again, you don't have all those wins with all those decisions without taking a beating and knowing how to take a beating. He he's from a boxing family. He's been doing it his whole life. Um, so again, credit to Ortiz to, to uh, eventually blow this guy out because uh, he seems like the kind of guy who would have kept on going. This it guy never was... happened before. Yeah, that, that, that had never happened to me him before. Just got walked down and stopped. Yeah, he was listen. He was totally out of his element. You're totally out of his league. But still, again, a guy who knows how to fight, which is. I think the kind of thing Ortiz needs. I I'd like to see him get one of those guys that we just mentioned, a Thurman or a Garcia. I could yeah. see McKinson frustrating some of those other guys on that. Oh, list. I definitely could too. I definitely could too. I, I, and again, I would say Ortiz's ability to not get frustrated, to not get impatient, to not break from the plan, and to just to continue to do what he came in there to do is a great testament to how good this guy is. If his next fight is against Bud Crawford, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, if his you. next fight is against a Garcia or a Thurman and he blows them out of the water, we could talk about uh, maybe he's ready. Uh, I would like to see that. A Michael McKinson win expected, a beatdown for sure. Let me see. Let me see a name. Let me I, see I him blow there, through bro. a name, and I think we're I think we're there. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Joe. I I will say, Bud, right now after leaving Bob Arum, he he's in the he can make the fights he wants and he's trying to get that Spence fight. And if that doesn't go through, I can see Bud be he, he's the guy who wants the best of the best. I can see him taking the Ortiz fight. And I don't think that's right. I'm with you, Joe. I think I want to see him against a Thurman, an Ugas, a Garcia. One of these other. I, I don't think. I don't know about Garcia, but I, hey, I think right. it would be that. a shame to put this kid in with Bud Crawford if he's not ready for it. Yeah. Right? It wouldn't. It I, wouldn't I don't want to see anything Canelo for... versus Floyd Mayweather. There you I go. I don't want to see that. I, I think Ortiz. This kid. I love the Ugas matchup. If I'm a handler of Ortiz Jr., I love that matchup. He walks through that guy in five rounds and fights Bud Crawford 20 and 0 with 20 knockouts. He's not losing anytime soon, and I think he beats all the guys on that list. Yeah. I I don't think Spence will take that fight with Ortiz. I don't I don't think that'll happen. But I will I do think Crawford would take that fight if that that's what's next. But I, I do want to see another one before that. 
Well, look, here's the other thing about Bud Crawford is Bud Crawford loves this sport and he loves everybody else. You know what I mean? I don't think it would be a question of him. If he feels like Ortiz is the guy and it's the right time, Crawford would 100% go for that. And if Crawford were to lose, he would be the guy that would want to wrap that belt around Ortiz Jr.'s waist because that's the kind of person that we're talking about. Yeah, That's why he's a great champion. And and I'm sure he envisions there being a point where he passes the torch to this young buck. It'd be nice to keep this division healthy for, I mean, we're looking at like another 20 years on top of what we just got. Yeah. He's making it interesting. Listen, I like boots. I like Jaraninas, but those other guys, Cody Crowley, Connor Ben, Stenosis, these, these, uh, Ellis, the other undefeated fighters on that list. I'm just not really excited about Ortiz walks through all of those guys and doesn't get any credit for doing it. All the other answers, six, seven, eight, nine, those aren't the answers. Uh, and everybody else is 32, 34, 36 or better. This is the only answer to the question moving forward. It's nice to have caught this guy in his teen years and been able to talk about him then because now you guys always harken back to years ago when I told you about some unknown cat named Virgil Ortiz Jr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, at the time, it was, I wanted to get five names out of my mouth. Can you guys do them? Yusik, Maturbia, Ortiz Savannah Jr., Marshall. Savannah Marshall. Yeah. And Cyril gone. Yeah. The only right, ones are on the list thus far. Along those lines, I'm going to go. He just made his debut on uh, Dana's Contender Series. Former NCAA champion from Penn State, Bo Nickel. He's going to be one of the next great middleweights. He looked good, Jason. Yeah. Uh, I remember you mentioning his name before when I saw him, and he – he did everything he was supposed to do. Did you guys, by the way, watch the fight card last weekend? Uh, Mohammed Usman, Kamarov's brother, who's a heavyweight. Yeah. You guys see him? Dude, oh, yeah. he has no kind of technical form at all, dude. But like like a early on in Ganu, dude, he knocked the guy out like with, with like a like a like a counter left jab. And I mean Put the dude to sleep with that punch. That was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Beautiful. Dude, that's like what Engano did to Stipe. Like, that's that's not that's not normal. It's not human. That's a monster strength right there, dude. To knock a guy out cold. Cold. He was down for like two minutes out cold. Dude, yeah. it's bad. Oh yeah. That's why I love heavyweight fights. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You had to oh, love yeah. that fight. That was something else, man. Jeez. That kid, double dare Usman. And by the way, speaking of Usman, Rogan brings him into the interview while he's talking to his brother, and Kamarov was more or less like, don't talk to me. Just talk to him. It's his time. I love oh, yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, got to acknowledge Kamarov was here, but he didn't want to steal any of the brother's thunder. I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, if if you ask Bob Arum, stuff like that isn't marketable. Targeting <laughs> <laughs> back to Terrence Crawford. But uh, all right. Got a fun who you got this week, and we'll get to that right after a word from one of our sponsors. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. 
and to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Big shout out to Shamrock Home Inspection for sponsoring today's episode. Let's get into who you got. Making its rounds around social media. Everyone is, uh, I've been seeing everywhere, uh, Diaz from the Mets. Everyone loving his walkout song. I think it's lame. (laughs) You do? I'll be honest. Yeah, it's not doing anything for me. It's certainly no enter Sandman. Of course. Yeah, I I, I saw a TikTok today. It was like, oh, it was like... Dude pretend to be a kid. He's like, oh, have you seen this one? And then he pretend to be his dad all old. He's like, you heard of Mariano Rivera? And yeah. So, yeah, I I think that they're saying, man, is a lot better. But, I mean, baseball doesn't just have walkout songs. UFC has walkout songs, a bunch of iconic ones. Uh, Mickey Gall coming out to, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Who you got? What is your walkout song? Joe, I think I saw a little hint here in the stream yard. I, I did. I'm going to play a little bit for you because not only would this be my walkout song, I also want this played at my funeral. And I'm asking Hello. you guys to make sure that this happens. Okay? Joe, you have my word. You're the man. I appreciate that. Somebody just recently did a, a version of this, but and and that's not why. I mean, because I've thought about this for years now. Uh, let me just play it. This is where the coffin will show up in the front of the church. You guys are doing it right. Probably popping the casket open. We're going open casket on this. My eyes are open. You've whitened them out, obviously. There's a spring attached to your back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this is the greatest walkout in the history of walkouts, this is the one I'm I'm using. Damn, so. I thought it was Hell's Bells. Hell's Bells is cute. Is I like that cool? song too, but I, I had to go with this one. I also have an alternative song, if you don't mind, you could indulge me. This is uh, a guy I really like as a singer, but also as a child, this was one of the first songs I like absolutely loved, and it always fired me up. Uh, we used to play wrestling outside and like jump on top of each other. I had a move where I would flip over people and try to do like a a, a reverse uh, a reverse pin. It was called the Aguire Flyer. 
<laughs> but this right here was the jam that got me all fired up. CeeLo Green too. You can't go wrong with a little CeeLo on the program. So that that's those are the two songs that immediately came to mind for me. Well, if you come out to Kung Fu, you gotta be doing spinning and like flying. Oh, yeah, of course I stuff. would. I would come out like that fat Kung Fu panda for real. <laughs> I'd probably be dressed like him just to really play it up. All right. I love both of those. Thank you. Yeah. But uh <laughs> There's so many great ones. Like, you can't go wrong with anything. Well, I mean, I guess you could. But, uh, all right, Jared, what you got? You know, I had to uh, I had to do a couple different things here. Now, first of all, Joe, this is, this is what I thought you were going to play. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good one. That's what I thought you were going to play. That's a good one. Now, I actually have three walkout songs that I would walk out to. But first, the top 12 songs you wouldn't walk out to. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Number one, Dancing Queen by ABBA. Yeah, don't Excuse do me. that. <laughs> We're going to go backwards. Number 11 is YMCA, Village People. Uh, number 10, Stay, Lisa Lope, and you say... I love that song, but definitely not appropriate for a while. Probably not. Yeah. Um, Total Eclipse of the Heart comes in at number nine. What about the the dance mix of that song? Could that? Uh, See, maybe that works too well. Probably not, but maybe. All right. Number eight, Bruno Mars, The Lazy Song. Today. Um, So far away. I ran so far away, a flock of seagulls at number seven, and I ran. Uh, number six, wake me up before you go, go wham. Number five, Mary J. Blige, I'm going down. <laughs> um, number four, Anita Ward, you can ring my bell for a walkout song. That's no good. Um, number three, Alanis Morissette, I'm a bitch. Number two, Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Yeah, that's asking for it. And coming in at number one. I don't hate this. (laughs) I love it. Okay. and uh, No Sarah McLaughlin? No. And my workout, my walkout songs, number three was the Vader Imperial March. Number two is um, my boy here. Uh, Yeah. All right. 
And number three is Up For Ruckus, which is our number one, excuse me. Up For Ruckus is a song I wrote. That's uh, that's like a walkout. Do we hear it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I probably got pieces of it, yeah. I'll even take some freestyle. Hey, but I will say, you bring that up, last person to walk out to his own song, Tyron Woodley, when he lost the belt. To Kamaru's. We don't Act like you got it, but you running out of luck. You know when you shut that you're fucked, so you keep just ducking from us. Cause we up for a gush. Y'all get sucker punched with uppercuts and fucking with us. Don't even budge, just keep running from us. Motherfuckers ain't up for us, so shut the fuck up. Damn. I like that. Chase, did you write a song for this show as well? or No, I did not. You picked all the good ones. This show almost works, too. That ain't bad. Well, if there were a walkout show for this song, for the, I mean, if there were a walkout song for this show, I would have come out to Back in Black since I missed last episode. <laughs> I just love ACDC, and that's a great, great walkout song. Welcome back, the uh, remix, Mace. All right. But uh, I will say one thing about I, – I, for me, when I play football, like in the locker room and that stuff, that's when I get pumped up and all that stuff. But the bus ride, that that's I'd want to loosen up. When I was on the field, I want to loosen up. Something a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. And when like a walkout song, like I really, really like Darren Till coming out to like Sweet Caroline, stuff like that. Get the crowd involved, everyone. Yeah, oh yeah, Wu Tang Clan. I'll take some woo, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But for me, just just me being me, I think there's one song. That I think will it just just does just does me justice. Cause I love it when you call me Big Pop. <laughs> Hell yeah. solid. That's a solid get the bet. crowd going, get everyone into it. You know, I also I, assume I like if you were lot. a fighter, that would be your name, Big Papa. So the whole thing would make sense. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Hell I yeah. liked uh Calvin Cater coming out to House of the Rising Sun too. I thought that oh. was great. When you talk about a vibe, there was a Dude, that's also one of my all-time favorite songs. And that was one yeah. of my favorite walkouts of all that time. Was that was that was insane. Yeah. On that level though, uh Anderson Silva coming out to Ain't No Sunshine, DMX. Mm. Ain't no sunshine. Yeah. That, yeah, dope. That gives me chills watching that. But uh there's so many. That's gonna have to be another who you got best at best walkout song for a fighter because we can go with that. And then I also another one on my list that the UFC actually shot down for Roy Big Country Nelson, Weird Al, I'm fat. That would have been a cool. One. Why doesn't he use the song from Big Country? Yeah. Yeah. In a big country, you know, 
That's like a it's literally called Big Country by the band Big Country, and his nickname is I mean, use it. Yeah. All right. But I, I like all those songs. Oh, I mean, unless it's off Jared's Jared's list, you can't go wrong with the I mean <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Gall came out to Oh Mickey, you're so fine, and everyone loves it. So and then he tapped out CM Punk. <laughs> and fell into obscurity ever since. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, any 90s R&B song is, is welcome on my list of things not to come out. Any of those, lo- like, I want to sex you up. Like, don't come out to that. Oh, my weird. God. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but what do you oh. do, you guys? Stretching out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wrestler. Huh? Oh my god! I, I I will say, did shout out to Dana White because he does like vet all the. That's how much he loves music. Like you have to, he has to okay your walkout song before you even do it. So uh, shout out to him. None of Jared's top twelve are getting on. Not yet. No. Keep open line. Maybe. Maybe one day. They're working on it. But uh, all right, enough of that. Got one more break, and then we're going to get in to tonight's fights or tomorrow's fights. It's weird saying that, even though we've done it like the past, like however many weeks, but whatever. Here's a word from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. All mosquito control service is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The promise is awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free. Saturday Night Live from San Diego, California. The UFC on ESPN features a bantamweight bout between Marlon Vera and former two-time UFC bantamweight champion Dominic Cruz. Let's break it down. Marlon Vetta is 29 years old. He's 5'8 with a 70-and-a-half-inch reach and a record of 19-7-1 with seven knockouts and eight submissions. From Chon, Ecuador, he started training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the age of 16 and after a brief amateur career turned pro in February of 2012 with a first-round triangle choke submission. He quickly went 6-1-1 before joining the cast of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America where he competed on Team Verdum but was unable to compete in the semifinal due to a skin infection. He made his official UFC debut in November of 2014, losing by unanimous decision to fellow castmate Marco Beltran, but bounced back nine months later, earning his first performance of the night with a second-round triangle choke of Roman Salazar. 
after a decision loss to Davey Grant. He went on a three-fight winning streak, including an armbar submission of Brian Keller before dropping two in a row to John Lineker and Douglas DeAndrage. He came back with a second-round body shot knockout of Will Jilly Burren and then embarked on another five-fight winning streak, including a rear-naked choke of Guido Canetti and a performance of the night third-round knockout of Andrew Ewell before dropping a unanimous decision to Song Yadong. On October 15, 2020, he defeated Sugar Shane O'Malley, stopping him with grounded pound after dropping him with a brutal calf kick. However, in his next fight, he was outpointed by former featherweight champion and UFC legend Jose Aldo. In June of 2021, he avenged his loss to Davy Grant with a unanimous decision and five months later scored the biggest win of his career when after an exciting back-and-forth slugfest, he knocked out former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar with a savage front kick to the jaw. On April 30th, 2022, he took on perennial contender Rob Font, withstanding an early onslaught to eventually turn the tide, landing a flying knee in the third round, which dropped Font before administering a hellacious beating en route to a unanimous decision victory. An elite-level grappler with an excellent ground game, Vera is also a highly tactical striker who can effortlessly switch stances as he applies constant pressure to his opponents. Dominic Cruz is 36 years old. He's 5'8", with a 68-inch reach and a record of 24-3 with seven knockouts and one submission. From Tucson, Arizona, he took up wrestling in seventh grade, competing throughout high school until an arm injury in his senior year caused him to lose his scholarship to the University of Colorado. He attended a local community college for a time where he was studying to become a firefighter when he began his MMA career before making his professional debut in June of 2005 with a split decision victory. He quickly went 9-0 before joining World Extreme Cage Fighting, losing his debut via first-round guillotine choke submission to Uriah Faber. He bounced back with a first-round knockout of Kenneth Ames and followed that up with a four-fight winning streak before knocking out Brian Bowles to win the WEC bantamweight title. He defended his belt twice with decisions over Joseph Benavidez and Scott Jorgensen before the UFC absorbed the WEC in 2010 with Cruz defending his new UFC belt the following year with a hard-fought decision over Biddle rival Uriah Faber in a brutal fight that saw both men dropped multiple times. Three months later, he defended the title against MMA legend Demetrius Johnson with a unanimous decision, but was later forced to vacate the belt after suffering a torn ACL and then having his body reject a transplanted one. After a three-year layoff, he returned in September of 2014 with a first-round knockout of Takaya Mizugaki. However, shortly after the fight, he tore his ACL again, sidelining him until January of 2016 when he returned against TJ Dillashaw winning a hard-fought split decision to reclaim the Bantamweight title in one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the UFC. For his first defense, he concluded his trilogy with Uriah Faber via unanimous decision, but six months later in December of 2016, took on Cody Garbrandt, getting dominated from the start and dropped multiple times and route to a unanimous decision loss. He was expected to return against Jimmy Rivera the following year. However, after suffering a broken arm and subsequent shoulder injury in 2018, he did not return to action until May of 2020 when he took on new champion Henry Cejudo, but was dropped in round two with a knee to the face and finished with ground and pound. He came back the following year with a split decision over Casey Kinney 
and in December of 2021, earned the fight of the night with a gritty victory over Pedro Munoz, surviving two first-round knockdowns to take control of the fight and route to a unanimous decision. In an illustrious career that has unfortunately been plagued by numerous injuries, he is known for his unorthodox movement, good footwork, and excellent wrestling, and is one of the most agile fighters in the division who uses feints and a solid jab to set up strikes from all angles. Will Veda's power and elite grappling be able to overwhelm Cruz as he continues to prove he belongs among the best of the division? Or will a championship experience and awkward style of Cruz be too much for Cheeto as the Dominator attempts to make another run at Bantamweight Gold? Tune in Saturday night to Veda versus Cruz. Let's find out. All right. I mean, we talked a lot about, or I talked a lot about dinosaurs with the light heavyweights fights. Dominic Cruz is. He is a dinosaur. Is he gonna so much time off? He he is a big philosopher of ring rust is not a thing. Joe, will ring rust be a thing? Uh, I've never seen ring rust not be a thing. And for anyone to be a commentator in that sport to say that is an idiot. Now, does that mean Dominic Cruz is going to lose? Not necessarily, but to, to act like that it's not a factor. Put it to you like this: Dominic Cruz. Has not fought since I joined this show. <laughs> like, he's been mostly inactive. He's called a lot of fights. I enjoy watching his commentary. But, dude, this guy's, I don't know. Marlon Vett is a, a really good fighter. Dominic Cruz clearly was one of the best. I just think his time has passed. And I think uh has been away too long. I like Cheeto to win this one. I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I, I'm thinking this probably goes the distance. Uh, a five-round banger. Uh, the last time we saw Dominic Cruz in one of those, didn't go that well for him. So, yeah, I'm going to take Cheeto by decision in this one. and and a, But a pretty good beatdown for the most part. All right. Chase? I, I I I'm with that. I'm with you. I, I I've been I I ever since. I, I've been very high on Marlon Chito Vera. I I think uh, last fight against Edgar got rid of a dinosaur. I think is like uh back when uh, Randy Orton was the legend killer. The Shout legend killer. Guys. I knew you were gonna say that. That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Come out. Get, get these guys out of here. Maybe TJ Dillashaw next, then eventually get your title shot. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's Marlon Vera's time. Dominic Cruz, he, he's great. He, he's like he, he's he's like uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Very very unique, very unorthodox. It, it's going to take some time to really feel him out. So that's why he's able to last longer than a lot of people think. But I think eventually. Marlon Vera is going to figure it out, get it done. Uh, I, out of respect, I'll say decision, but uh, but I think Marlon Vera has the ability to end this uh, before the final bell rings. But, uh, Jared, what you got? When, you, when that's your way to win, think of tricky fighters. Name some tricky, unorthodox fighters. And now name the ones that were like long-term champions. 
when you get to a certain spot, it's the opposite of what I say about B-Hop and Joe Aguirre. When you get to a certain spot and that's how you win and you're not adapting to the new game, you're using this, that slick stuff that Dominic Cruz has become known for. The game has a tendency to pass you by. I think Vera stops him in the first round. I'm taking Marlon Alo Vera. First round stoppage of Dominic. Windows down in Cruz. Damn. First I, I, round, huh? First round. This See, stops early. Choker, I, I choker know. knockout. What it's I think he hurts him with a leg kick. Okay. I think he comes out there with a good, strong, prime of my life, 29-year-old leg kick to a 37-year-old battered bamboo stick on the bottom of Dominic Crown. I think it hurts him. I think it 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 softens him up really, really early, softens him up with leg kicks. And once he has to adjust to that, those Cody Garbrandt shots, there's a lot of guys who stop him if they land those, and this is one of them. All right. I I, I get where you're coming from, but I think Dominic Cruz is such a, like, mainstay of the UFC. I think the first round, especially in a five-round fight, I think it's going to be a feeling-out process, so like a respect thing. For So I think at most it's going to – the soonest it gets stopped is in the second round. When, when Chido gets during that feeling out process, a leg kick hurts Cruz. Vera's a killer man. Yeah, yeah, respect and all of that. But this guy in the octagon is a killer. He's he's gonna go after it when he sees that, and he's gonna smell blood in the water early, smell weakness, and go after the vulnerability and stop this guy early. I really think Vera gets done early. Take the under. All right, I what like that. that Vera? If I had to guess, four and a four, three and a half, four and a half. There was minus two, two, five, and under four and a half is plus one sixty. You got twenty-two minutes and thirty seconds for either one of them to do something for plus one sixty. I'm taking that all day. Uh, I, I know I said decision. decision. <laughs> I, I know under I said decision, four and a half. I, I like that under too, especially with that. I mean, I, I'm just giving Dominic Cruz the respect. Because he is a dinosaur, but hey, I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be a fun one, I think. Either way, I, I do see Cheeto walking away victorious. And that's a guy, he needs to get a title shot here soon. I, I don't want to see TJ Dillashaw. Do we really want to see TJ Dillashaw? <laughs> Not I. No. We give, give Marlon Vera in there. Get Jan back in there. Come on, there's some fun fights to make. And Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw, that, that, that's that's not a championship fight. Let's be real here. But uh, all right. I'm not kosher with kosher, Dillashaw. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Oh, geez. Yeah, well. Four times, jeez. Huh. That's rude. Props to Facebook user. Sounds just like somebody I know. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy. But I mean, you think it, it's crazy to think this sport. Two knees, like, thirty-seven years, four torn ACLs. I'm not good at math. <laughs> but it, it's crazy know. that in this sport, like MMA, Dominic Cruz can still have four t- torn ACLs. And still compete at a pretty high level. And, One like, of his four like, ACLs isn't even his now. Yeah, but uh, and, but like, uh, you look at a guy like Dom, uh, the Derrick Rose he tore his ACL, never the same basketball wise. It's crazy to think in like a sport like MMA that you can compete like that. The, that's just wild, dude. That's like Tony Strawback. I mean, uh, uh Tony Romo. I get my Cowboys quarterbacks confused <laughs> all the time. Um, it just gets to a point. You know the end of uh, Iceman's career, Chuck Liddell, and you just throw a piece of paper at him and they, and they fall over. Just made of twigs. Yeah. This is uh, – and he's 37 years old. Yeah, his comeback's got a couple wins, but there was a four-year layoff here too. Despite the fact that he hasn't fought since Joe's been on, you go back three fights before that and there's – that Cody Garbrandt whooping, whooping, minute highlight reel for Cody Garbrandt, the best he ever was in his life. Former champion Cody Garbrandt was when he beat down Dominic Cruz, and then there's a four-year layoff, and then you go two and one in these comeback fights, and get a fight against a 29-year-old, won three in a row, beat three monsters too. What's what? What are the last three on Vera? Are um, uh, Frankie Edgar for sure. Um, uh, Rob Font, Davy Grant, Frankie Edgar, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, he, Sean O'Malley's only lost first round. Yeah, everyone loves to to hype up O'Malley, but Sean, she uh, been here. listen, O'Malley doesn't count that loss on his record. He's still undefeated. The uh, Marlon Vera kicked him hard in the leg, and he fell. That wasn't cool, man. And and hey, that's not a thirty-seven-year-old leg with four broken ACLs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. true that, man. Yeah, that's that's not good. You're right. That's that, that leg had never been torn up like that before. I could see Cheeto doing this in round one. Lands a now, leg now kick that I'm early, on it. smells blood in the water, and attacks like he does because he's a killer and finishes a 37-year-old man in the first round. Okay. That's what I think. Well, but who knows? Ring rust might what be are the side bests on round one stoppage? Vera in round one, plus 900. Are we picking a fight of the night? Are we doing that bit? Yeah. Because I got one. I got the one I got. Yeah. Uh, Lupe Godinez is taking on 13th ranked Angela Hill, who is 13 and 12. Angela Hill's a monster. If she loses, the 13th ranked Angela Hill would be 13 and 13. Um, I'll say this. Listen, I'm I'm making fun of her for her record. I know we all are fans of of this woman, and for some reason, and I don't want to say what I think it is. Angela Hill cannot get the judges to write her name on those scorecards, no matter how much punishment she doles out. I'm looking forward to her just pounding it out with this Mexican fighter, Jace. 
It's going to be a hell of a fight. I'm sure she'll probably lose uh, by decision, split decision at that, no doubt. But always love watching Angela Hill get in the, get in the octagon, man. You know who she reminds me of? You. A boxer that finished his career 12-12-1. And, and none of his wins went to the scorecards. And I think eight of his losses didn't go to the scorecards. But he was like 0-4-1 when it went to the judges and finished 12-12-1. Will Brand. Scrubs, that right? alum, Will Brand, 12 and 12, never won a judge. <laughs> Interesting. Two of those losses are mean, to be fair. He shouldn't have. <laughs> but, uh, but Joel, Buju, there were some really close fights in there where he ended up with, uh, yeah, could never win a judge. Yeah, yeah. and Angela Hill, yes, she's fan friendly. Augustus, um, uh, why am I missing his name now? Um, Emmanuel Augustus. It's one of my favorite fighters of all time, and he had a 500 record type for a long time. Yeah. Not ideal, but, you know, you can. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew Tony well, not was not what you right. want. It's not I what you want in your favorite fighter, of course. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I will you say you guys I mean, should put up some, some little drunken master highlight reel for thirty seconds of Emmanuel Augustus. Show people why he's my favorite fighter of all time because uh, that guy was exciting to watch. Boy, he he was he he would always say I'm an entertainer first. I want to win my fight second, and he'd go out there and prove it in the ring. And yeah, Mayweather interview to date, Emmanuel Augustus was my toughest fight. Had a war with Mickey Ward, I think he won. Courtney Burton's first loss should have been Emmanuel Augustus. Because the wrong guy won this fight. If I played the Teddy Atlas clip, you guys would recognize it. That's an Emmanuel Augustus fight that he should have won. So he got robbed a bunch of times. He threw a fight or two. I mean, crazy career. Entertainer first, though. I, I will say, last week, a lot of people were... To talking about records of like people, why are they still in the with Sam Alvey? He's on like a 10 fight losing streak, keeps getting knocked out. Somehow he still has a job in the UFC. Angela Hill, completely different story. She's actually competing, she's actually going out there. Sam Alvey, it's cool that you shave a smile into your face, but I mean, into the back of your head, but come on. Oh, yeah, Hill entertains us every time and they can't stop her so. Yeah. yeah, I'll watch her fight again. Sure. She's the gatekeeper you want. Will Brand was the guy you name you wanted to see on the card, too. He was going to bring the punches. He was going to bring the excitement. He was going to try to get the stuff, but she didn't want to see the judges. They never picked him anyways. <laughs> That's a fighter's fighter. Yeah, and Angela Hill is just like that. I'll watch her. She could put her on every card if she's healthy and ready. Yeah. And it seems like she's on a lot of the cards. We get to find out exactly what we want to know about the other person when Angela Hill's up against him. A hundred percent, because that's the effort that you get. And it's a shame that she doesn't get a little bit more love because she really is uh, a consummate professional. Angela Hill, Throwing Jabs podcast. We love you, girl. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. I think that's about it for the fights. 
Um, we got a big one next weekend. Joshua Usyk rematch. Uh, UFC Usman versus uh, Leon Edwards. Going to be a fun one. Uh, what, you don't like Not that? for Leon Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last man to beat Usman. Oh, that was a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago, but still, uh, I mean, it sucks. I, I, I'd rather see Edwards and Masvidal fight three piece in a soda, you know. But uh, love that. Hey, but all right, that's gonna do it. It's gonna be a fun one to. Uh, I keep saying tonight because I'm so used to that, even though. But next uh, tomorrow with uh, Cheeto Vera and Dominic Cruz. Fun one for the Bantamweights. And hopefully the winner will face off against the winner of uh, Algermaine Sterling and TJ Dillashaw coming up too. A lot, a lot of fun fights. But uh, that's going to do it as far as fights go for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, Jared Jones. Big shout out to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com. Also, big shout out to Mosquito Shield, Shamrock Home Inspection, and Chris Sawyer, Andy Mack on Mortgage. Make sure you check them out as well. Now, we're going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, brother, hit us with that flurry. I always try to do my best to have the most positive and best influence I can, an impact on a short amount of time for people that I'll only see for a short time. Um I did a flurry about a guy named Tom who we met for about two or three minutes that, you know, just a, a little bit of time and a little bit of energy focused in the right direction. And you never know what kind of difference you're going to make in somebody else's life. <clears throat> so I said something about Ian, a kid that fought at Scrub Scrubs last week in my flurry. Uh, we did a 10 count for him. And I, I probably met the kid maybe a half dozen times. We didn't know each other real well. And what I said was, but when you teach somebody how to protect themselves, it's a really, you know, it's kind of a special connection, I feel like. But I'm feeling like I was a blip in this kid's life, one of the many, many things he did. Um, we went to his memorial service. And just before we got to the line of his relatives, uh, my, well, rewind a little bit. Um, when I got out of prison in 2008, uh, my friend Ray had started a little program of scrub scraps, kind of. He was training at this kid Ian's house uh, with, with two or three other kids. And um, that's when I went over there and was teaching them. Anyway, so we're about to get to the front of the line, and my wife leans in and says, I literally don't know anybody here. Uh, what am I supposed to say? And I said, I only know his wife. We're just going to wing it. And then I extended my hand to his mother and I said, hi, I'm Jared. And she was holding something in her hand and she was looking the other way and she glanced up at me and she gave me her left hand. She briefly grabbed my hand and said, hi. And I said, I run a boxing program. And she looked up at me and she gave me a hug. And she said, Ian was so into that. And when she let me go, the kid next to her grabbed me and I realized he was one of those two or three other kids that I had trained. And he hugged me real tight and said, Jared, thank you so much for coming. 
And then I hug his wife who thanked me for coming and turned to whoever the aunt or sister next to her and says, uh, this is the guy that runs Scrub Scraps. And the whole line of them in unison, oh. And looks at grandma and says, this is where he got the nickname Leaks. <laughs> um, like your grandmother, he bled every time we in his scrub scrap was the only time he didn't bleed. Every time I went up there and sparred with the kid, he was just kind of a bleeder. So his nickname became Leeks. And uh, to think that his grandmother called him Leeks. Um, sometimes we feel like we're just a blip in another person's life and just, just keep trying to make a positive impact because you don't know how much of it people are really bringing home with them. And whether you're positive or negative, uh, you can really leave a mark. Thanks guys. Jabs always full send. Here we go again. Jared Joe and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man punching in with a puncher's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship. Hooks with no verses. Combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains. From scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts. Cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.